Welcome, welcome to episode number five of the Barbershop Podcast. I'm back with my father again. Last week was a little bit of a different episode with some different guests. Uh, we're back and the full swing of things for a little while until we get some new guests on. So uh, what you been doing? What's been going on? And uh, what's what's the haps? It's good to be back on the podcast. Uh, nothing much. Just got back from the Alabama Gulf Coast. Enjoyed that well. Ocean. I love the ocean. Uh, first of all, I love to get in the ocean. A lot of people don't like to get in there and swim. I like to get in there, swim, mix it up. I do know this. It was crazy uh, crowded there because I guess it's Memorial Day weekend. And a lot of people on the, on the beach riding around. What's crazy is how expensive it is down there now. Yeah, it's pretty expensive. Uh, I know last time we went down there, a lot of the seafood restaurants were uh, out of food or out of like shrimp and and certain stuff like that, and out of fish. I'm like, how are you out of this? There's the water's right there. I'm I'm seeing it. I'm seeing fish jump out the water. You know, it's crazy because I think a lot of places down there, and but you can make a lot of money if you're young and uh, hustle a little bit down there. But one of the things I've noticed is we go in restaurants and they would have signs that say uh, no takeout, no call-ins, and things like that. I think everybody's really short-handed. We went into a to a fast food place and it, uh, the dining room was closed they had a letter on the door because they didn't have enough staff. So that's kind of crazy. So I guess nobody's working now. I don't know what's going on. Everywhere down there was hiring. I can, even down up here, it's, it's um, a lot of people's hiring. I could throw a rock in here building of an establishment this hiring because you know I remember about a year and a half ago when I was looking for a job I couldn't find a job but now it's crazy like nobody's working everybody's hiring you can find a job anywhere so I mean if you don't have one just go outside you know I just wonder if people even actually want to work I don't you know I'm riding around going to town or whatever going to Tuscaloosa or, or other places and there's cars everywhere and I'm like where are people not working what are we doing and Whatever I don't I don't really know kind of what the deal is uh, right now with our the economy or whatever. So so have you been following uh, you know kind of what's going on with the NCAA and the, the likeness and imaging uh, like to about the games? Well, like where people where college athletes can actually start or begin are fixing to be able to start licensing licensing themselves. And making money off their own likeness and images. Like, uh, you know, they can do their own commercials and make money and that type of thing. I think that's good. I know for a fact, you you know of, you know of Twitch, right? You know, where people live stream video games and stuff. Right, right. College athletes aren't allowed to make money off Twitch. Right. So you get donations and they can't profit any of the money. Right, so, but even though it's their thing, like it has no connection to the school other than it's them. You know what I'm saying? So they can't make any money doing that. I have a here. Here's my take on the deal. I think here's my thing. I think they should let the students make whatever they want to make off their own you know, image and likeness or whatever. But the thing is, you're you're opening you're opening up a Pandora's box when it comes to illegal recruiting. I mean, especially in football. But 
I was listening this morning to a uh, athletic director and from a, uh, from Boston College, I think uh, was where he's from, and what where he said that people were really going to really make a lot of money wasn't in basketball and football, but in Olympic sports like golfers, like people who are golfers who can have a blog or, or actually go to uh, camps and clinics and, and, and teach lessons to people and make a lot of money. Plus, you know, if you're an Olympic athlete or an Olympic type sport and you're wrestling internationally and stuff, then you can get uh, sponsorships. They can, they're going to be the ones that really make uh, money off this thing. You know, then of course you got, you know, some booster who's going to pay the starting uh, running back $400,000 to show up and sign autographs for one weekend and that kind of thing. But I think the players ought to be able to make money. I just think it's a slippery slope uh, that they're going to be on. Yeah, it is. It's just like everything. It's very complex. But, you know, I feel like they should have to have a way to make money. And especially, you know, the whole thing with Twitch. I mean, it's like it's them. It's their abilities – doing their thing I mean either way it's work I mean I know that their uh, profile and their ability or like their their uh, their like brand of their person their personality is a lot of it's from NCAA and stuff but still they're doing all the work on Twitch and doing all the work on streaming and stuff so I don't necessarily understand why they wouldn't be able to make money from that I think they should be able to make money, period. If a school wants to pay uh, a kid uh, to sign with them to play football, then they should be able to. I mean, why are we? Why do we even care if uh, University of, of uh, Auburn wants to play, pay uh, Cam Newton? They were accused of paying Cam Newton's dad a couple hundred thousand dollars. Who cares? I mean, if they're willing to pay that and the market demands that, then in reality, who really – I don't care. I mean, I don't. I'm a football guy. I don't care. I mean, just – I mean, I don't I don't understand why everybody's so upset, but they are. So, and that's kind of brings me to another point, you know, about athletics, the transfer portal. Uh, one of the things that I am seeing now uh, is – the transfer portal, for anybody out there who doesn't know what that is, is where a, a, a player is fixing to be able to transfer one time in their career without penalty at all. So they won't have to sit out, period. Nobody's really sitting out now anyway. Um, what do you think about that rule? About what was the rule before? The rule before was if you left, uh, you had to sit out a year. If you transferred within a con- in the conference, you had to sit out two years in the SEC. And if you graduated as a fifth-year person, you could go. If if your college didn't offer the degree you wanted, your graduate degree, you could go and play as a graduate transfer. I think it's fine. I don't think I'm, it really matters too much. I mean, I don't understand why a player would have to sit out a year of their college career. I mean, you're only there for a certain amount of time. And it's just, I mean, might as well. You transfer for a reason so you get to play, and you don't get to play if you transfer for a year or two years, depending on where you went to. I don't necessarily have a problem with it, but I do think there are issues because of this that have caused some problems. The biggest problem is uh, talking to other high school football coaches is that 
it is tremendously limited the, the number of opportunities for kids coming out of high school to play college football because smaller colleges are not recruiting high school players. They're signing players in the, who are coming in or in the transfer portal. Uh, there's a one particular school out in Texas. I don't remember the name of the school, but it's a, a FCS school, which is former one double A, and their entire signing class were either junior college transfers or people who are transferring from a bigger school, and that's an issue in my opinion. You're also going to start at some point if schools are continuing to have to pay athletes money, you're going to see a limited rosters. Uh, right now, you can have as many people on your team as you want to. Uh, when, when they first report for camp, I think it's 100 and, and something players. But, I mean, you think about this. If you're going to run a program where you're paying a lot of money, then like the NFL, uh, for instance, they limit their rosters to 53 players mm-hmm. plus 10 on the practice squad. So that's 63 players, and that's it. So I'm concerned about the number of opportunities uh, some of these guys are going to get. Well, I'm sure they'll figure it out. They got a whole committee for stuff like that, and they got all this other thing. I don't think nothing really terrible is going to happen out of it, per se. I just think the more you try to make it a business, which it is a business, is that you're going to see, uh, you know, I think a lot of people say that college athletes should be treated like employees. Well, you know, they're not going to be treated like full-time employees. They're contract employees. Yeah, and when your usefulness or your contract is up, you're gone. And so if they do pay college athletes, would they have to? Because they don't have to sign a contract now, do they? Other well, than actually, the they do. When they sign their letter of intent, or when they sign their contract, which uh, when they sign for their scholarships, which is year to year, um, they're bound to that school for a year. But what is kind of happening is. They're they're not employed by the school, so those contracts are really not bad. But would you see players getting cut, just like the NFL? Yeah, you're, I mean, if they if you because you can't you don't cut people on. Well, you they kind of do. They don't. They do, but they don't. You see guys entering transfer portal sometimes because they've probably been told by a coach you're not going to play here, uh, so you might as well leave. And that's that's fine. But my thing is, if they are p- paying them. There is payment, and they are treated as employees. You'll see people get cut. You see it all the time in the NFL. You don't produce, you get cut. It's kind of that way now, and, and I won't pay players to get paid. I just I just think we're opening a, a can of worms that really nobody, a Pandora's box that nobody really know, can see way far down the road, and I just kind of worry about that. I worry about the opportunities becoming less and less for student athletes, but that's just what I think. Whatever. Well, it is what it is. What about these crazy gas prices? I'm trying to switch gears here, but I mean, I'm down in, down there in South Alabama, and it's gas is like three dollars a gallon. I'm about to have a hemorrhage. I have to start riding a freaking bike to work. <laughs> give me a freaking Tesla or some kind of battery powered action. Give me an eco car. Plug the plug the Tesla up when you go to bed. Wake up. Got a full tank of gas. It's ridiculous. I have a big truck, and it just right now is not good. Hell, I have a car, and it's still not fun. I mean, sixty-five dollars to fill up, and and then probably in other states, the gas is probably a lot higher. So, you know, appreciate it, uh, Joe Biden, because you know whatever okay. Democrats. Well, <laughs> we don't 
approach political abuse. No politics, yes. Don't, sure. don't email. Don't add me on anything. Add him. Don't add me. So what else is going on with, with you? What's happening? You got a... A new job? Tell me about that. Yeah, just you know, we talked about this the last time we met. Uh, yeah, we got a new, I got a new job, and it's cool. It's chill. Nothing, nothing too crazy. I work tomorrow. Do you you like it better than than your other your other job? Yes, uh, a lot less work, uh, a lot less physically stressful than the other place, which is good because I would leave work there uh, and feel like I just left football practice. And you know, you know, making ten dollars an hour—that's not—that's not it, really. Right, I got you. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you, you know, the less physical labor you can do, the better when it comes to working. It's like jobs it was work. like you know how nobody likes football practice and summer workouts and all that. It's like that, but you don't get the rewards of playing football and all the other good stuff that comes with football. So it's like the hard shit. Right, and I got you. I mean, you get paid, but really, I mean, to better working conditions. Yeah, yeah, we're always looking for that. I mean, that's what you. To me, that's probably more important than the pay is. Is the what's conditions? It. Yeah, you, know, you got. I mean, what's the point? I mean, we're all here for a short time. Why would you want to hate your life and doing something? I mean, yeah, money's good and everything, but you really don't want to hate. Every day that you try to go to work, that you got to go to work. You know, I used to dread going to work and just like, ah, I really just don't want to go. Like, do I really just want to just wake up early and I know my whole body hurting when I get back home and it's, it's terrible, but I mean, you gotta, you gotta enjoy the parts of life that matter. And, you know, a lot of people find enjoying parts of life with money, but you know, is it, is it really worth it sometimes at the end of the day? Well, you know, it just depends on. I think if you can, you try to find something that you like and make that your job. If you can make your hobby your job, which that's the dope. American dream, you know. Right, I mean, it's just there. Doing what you love and being making good money at it. Yeah, even if you're not making great money, if you love what you do, it just makes life better, I guess. For you know, or, or you know, whatever. So, speaking of summer football workouts. Um, this is your second year out. Yeah, you missing second. that any? Nope, not at all. Yeah, that's kind of getting up there because we were like the the first. Uh, we don't start until next week, and but the first week, a lot of people are doing stuff now, and it's just, you know, I'm I'm not gonna lie, I didn't do anything last year, and I'm kind of dreading having to get up in the morning, and I'm not gonna be actually physically doing anything, so. I, yeah, I was, I just, I'm glad I don't have to do that. I mean, you know, just the only people I have to answer to is my bosses. <laughs> you know Let me what ask I'm you saying? this. Are you, you miss playing at all or are you just kind of, I'm over it and moved on? What, I'll how tell are you? you what I miss. I don't miss playing per se. I miss the friendships and the uh, overall like companionship of the teammates. You know, that was my biggest thing. My biggest, it was crazy because that was my biggest driving factor a lot of the times is that, um, you know, evolution of, you you know, when you play football, you, you get to adapt to many different friend groups and many different perspectives of how people are. I mean, it really opens your mind up to a lot of different possibilities as far as friends go and as far as just people go, you know. You just see that you're, you're basically like living with them for four years almost. You really are and you share a lot of space and a lot of 
it's a camaraderie there. But if you, you notice, I mean, in a locker room, and that's any locker room, there's going to be people that are uh, of all different uh, races, nationalities, backgrounds, and you, you name it, even, you know, it just it's it's that's kind of the thing that I has always drawn me to sports is the fact that you know you and not a lot of football teams huddle but in a huddle you have individuals who are of different backgrounds and, and can be different but they all have the same goal and nobody's really uh, upset or mad about a lot of things that kind of seem to get everybody mad and upset about on TV or yeah, I mean, social media or whatever. I look at it like when I was in elementary school, you know, you had all these people, these really, po- you know, in elementary school I was, you know, you had these really popular people or whatever and you're just here chilling. But when you play football with those people, you begin, you become great friends. And, you know, a lot of uh, my attribute, I attribute football to this because I originally, I was kind of shy, but I think it kind of broke me out a little bit and, open my adventures to different the social life for a huge part and I think I've really gotten pretty good at that over the past uh, couple years so I'm really proud of that and good to talk it's good like talking to people and just being able just to you know have these friendships and stuff and it, it sucks that they're not as I still friends with a lot of people but not as many as I was well it kind of comes with the territory of growing up is that everybody's going and doing their thing and you're probably a lot more busier than you think you are uh, when it comes to that kind of deal. And, and that's kind of what happens. You just kind of move on into different things. I think there's some people who can't move on and kind of live in that realm of I was, you know, a high school player and I was pretty good or that, this or that or the other. And, you know, um, I really never thought about that that much, even though I still – involved in high school athletics as far as being a coach I don't I mean my playing days are so far behind me I, which one of the good things about it being that long ago is the older I get the better I get because nobody remembers but I think it's good to not to dwell on you know past achievements but to enjoy those connections and that camaraderie and all that kind of stuff because I think that's very important I think for me that was the whole point of football in my mind not really the sport itself, but just the just the friendships, you know? Just right. the whole livelihood, I yeah. guess. Yeah, just chilling and just being with your crew and, you know, uh, on the bus after the game or on the bus before the game, which everybody's all tense. and On the locker know. room after a win. That's right. Fun. Yeah, that's pretty good stuff. And, you know, it's good that you got to experience that and enjoy – that I hope you enjoyed that at least. Uh, so what about you know we're both Alabama football fans. What about Julio Jones? Did you hear what happened with him this last week? Yeah, I heard he wanted he wanted to opt out of Atlanta, but he hasn't gotten traded, has he? Not yet. But here's the thing. I don't know if you know this, but Shannon Sharp, who played in the NFL, and I think Shannon's in all uh, in the Hall of Fame. But if he's not, he will be. Uh, he has a television show on he, Fox. Where he called him? He called him, calls Julio on the phone, doesn't tell Julio he's on the on television. And that's where Julio says, I'm out of there. That, he kind of says, I don't think that was right. Uh, just kind of put him on the spot because, you know, when you put people on the spot like that and they don't know they're on the – it's an unguarded moment. Yeah. Because a lot of people are like, well, that's how he really felt. And he, you know – but my thing is – 
sometimes you feel a certain way, but that doesn't mean you should kind of let everybody know how you felt. He kind of got, he, he probably would uh, wish not everybody would have heard that. And that kind of bothers me that he kind of got put in that situation. Cause I think a lot about, I think a lot of Julio Jones, uh, I mean, well, I mean, I get it. He wants to get out of there and I would too. Cause he, want, he said it on the phone he said he wants to win. And that's a lot like, you know, we talked about earlier doing what you love and, you know, he probably gets paid a lot of money in Atlanta, but he'd probably be willing to take a pay cut over a win anytime. And, there, and you know, there's a huge possibility they're going to cut him anyway. Uh, June 1st, uh, which is was yesterday or day before yesterday, uh, he, you know, that's when the NFL starts cutting players uh, so they can prorate their salaries or something, push it back next year's salary cap but un- unless he got traded today which I don't know if they have or not he's probably going to get traded or probably get released at some point he's an excellent player I can't believe he's been in the league as long as he's been I mean the first YouTube video I ever watched was highlights of his junior year in high school down there in Foley High School in Foley Alabama and he was just uh, I've never seen anything like it before or since but um you know, I hope I wish he'd get. I, mean, I know he's not going to want to go to Chicago. I wish he'd go to Chicago and and show out, but I doubt that's going to happen. I wouldn't mind seeing him with the Patriots or somebody get a get a chance to to go. They need somebody if they're going to try and win some games. They need some players, you know. Some Would you stuff. like to see him in Denver? Uh, no, nah, not really. I mean, I don't. You know, Julio's a good player, but I think Denver's receiving core is about as good as it's probably going to get. I mean, you know, we got Jerry Judy and uh, did they get? Devontae Smith, or they got another Alabama player. Yeah, I think they got uh, Sertan. Yeah, yeah, but he's yeah. a cornerback. I don't, yeah. I can, I don't, I looked at their roster in a while. It's been so long since I've even paid attention to football in the past probably a couple months. So I've kind of forgot. Well, it's kind of that period of time where it's kind of you know a little bit dead, and um, I think when it comes to the NFL, starts kind of picking up this time of year because you got free agency and. Uh, They'll start reporting to camp at the end of July. So, I don't want to go that fast because my summer literally just started and I don't want it to to uh, go by too fast. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I'm, I'm not – I don't want to see him go to Denver. I'd like to see him go to the Patriots just because I like what the Patriots are about and how they approach things. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's cool. That's good stuff. Let me ask you this. Have you seen any good movies lately? Have you been on them? Uh – Mm, not really. I haven't seen it. I've been I've been watching a lot of TV shows lately. I watch anime. I know you're not into that type of thing, but <laughs> I've been watching anime, and I haven't really watched any movies. And I haven't really watched a movie in about a month or so. And it, I watched uh, Mortal Kombat, or I watched Godzilla. Godzilla was trash. Mortal Kombat was okay, uh, but other than I'm that, gonna, I really, I'm just gonna tell you straight up. I am ready to go back to the movies. I'm ready to sit in a movie theater. I'm ready to eat popcorn and just escape for a couple of hours. I look, the, the local theater here is open, but they're, they're playing nothing. There's Nobody's no releasing anything. Well, because a lot of, a lot of things got delayed on filming because of COVID and everything, you know. Oh shit, what the fuck? All right. There's a bug right here. Oh shit. Kill it. I'm not going to stop recording either. Right. Let's just go with it. Let's just go with it. <laughs> there was a bug and it flew and I... It looked like it had the strength of 10 bugs. I think so. it was a roach. I think it was a panther. Roaches don't fly, do they? 
They said it. I don't know what it was. Some kind of beetle. Anyway, what was, Falcon. We, what was we talking about? I might be just going sitting in the movies and, and watching a movie. Yeah, I mean, Black Widow's coming out soon. Uh, Marvel's got a lot of stuff, projects on the way. Other than that, I mean, the only blockbuster movie, in air quotes, is um, Fast and Furious, and I will not be watching that. That movie franchise is a joke. It's ridiculous. They have like a four million, and they're all the same thing, and you know how I feel about Vin Diesel. You know... Vin Diesel's the, the worst. The first couple of Fast and Furious was pretty good. Uh, it was realistic, but now, it, I mean, Vin Diesel just caught a car in, like, the trailer. He, like, caught a car. Like, what what the hell is going on? Is it real? Has he got superpowers? What's going on? I mean, shit. <laughs> Family. <laughs> okay. Whatever. I, you know, I, I'm looking forward to, you know, I don't know if it's going to be called Maverick or Top Gun 2. I think I'm excited about that. And that movie's been done. They keep pushing it back, so I don't know when they're going to release it to the theaters, but I wish they would release Because, I mean, here's the thing. They put stuff out, and I, I like watching it on Netflix or Hulu or whatever, but or Disney+. Plus. But my thing is, I want to go for that movie experience. Sit in the theater and just, you know, there's nothing like it to me. I know a lot of people don't care for it. It's more, but I, I think it's pretty cool. My thing is, is Marvel and Disney are owning the movie scene. I mean, every other... Every other movie compared to their movies just looks like a damn disaster. Right. And the problem with that is because they're a lot of them's trying to replicate what Marvel's doing, and I, you know I get it, but you know you got to create your own path. You know, copying somebody else a lot of the times isn't good. You know, here's the problem with that: they try to copy Marvel instead of try to make it better. They try to do their own thing, and that's what that drives me crazy about Hollywood. Anyway, they try to repeat, rerun. Instead of just trying to come up with a great original idea, have some good writing, and then just do the movie. Instead, they try to do all this quick bang bang stuff that ends up just being just not good. I mean, it's like you know, one of my favorite movie franchises, like Indiana Jones, and then they the last one they made, you know, the, I mean, the Crystal Skull. The I Crystal like Skull. I like that one. No, it was good. Aliens. It was good. It was good. You know, you believe in aliens. We talked uh, about this many times yeah, yeah, on the episode. Yeah. We're strong believers in aliens on this show. I mean, but it just went a little bit too out there for me. I'm I was fine with it. Was I that the you. one where he got in the fridge? Maybe. That was good. That was awesome. I love, yeah, that was the one because it was like a, on a nuclear test. That was inside cool as shit. It looked like Nuketown from Call of Duty. Yeah, that sucked. That's, That's the coolest shit I've ever but seen. But I do love Indiana Jones. And my favorite one is the... My favorite one is uh, the one where Sean Connery plays his dad. We named the dog Indiana. Okay. Which is, uh, I can't remember the name of that one. I mean, the thing about block, a lot of a lot of blockbuster movies think that they can get away with explosions and crazy fight scenes and shit, but you gotta have if you don't have a good story, then what's really gonna keep the the watcher or the viewer or whatever. Uh, around that's as far as me as long as it's a good story I don't care what the hell it is if it's a fucking love story or a damn blockbuster if it's got a good story <laughs> I don't really care I'm with you because I mean sometimes I think they rely on like to me the most overused cliche in a movie is a freaking car chase which is the most boring I could care less about a 10 15 minute car chase Please, nobody wants to watch that. it's boring I get tired of like Extended fight scenes at last. Nobody seven does a car chase in real life anyway. They just yeah, if you show up at their house, freaking rear in somebody a day and, later yeah. <laughs> when they're not looking. Yeah. 
So uh, that's uh, it's not for me. But it's the same thing with these fight scenes that last thirty minutes. You're just sitting there like, please, can somebody knock somebody out, shoot somebody, do something? I mean, we get you want to uh, create. Um, what is the word I'm looking for? Ex- Extension. Ex- tension. Tension. Maybe. Yeah, that's what I say. Extension. <laughs> like, what the hell is wrong? Uh, lately, my my words have not been coming out too good. I don't know what's going on with me. Probably I'm, a lack I, of sleep. I haven't been too sharp lately. <laughs> Neither have I. So I don't. I just I don't know what's been going on with that. Let me ask you a question because this is kind of something. Just as being a history teacher, uh, so June sixth is coming up. That's the anniversary of D Day, June sixth, nineteen forty four. Very important day. I don't think a lot of people talk about uh, D Day. Uh, what do you? What are your thoughts on just any? We just had a Memorial Day too. So, what are your thoughts on uh, just in general service and military type stuff? Well, I've always thought D Day. D Day to me was the coolest. Well, I mean, it's, a lot of people died, but in the most interesting part of the war, in, in my mind, I just thought it was. Always something that's really uh, attracted me to World War II, which is why it was the most compelling of all the historic events. I mean, it's my favorite. The whole thing to learn about is World War II, you know, the complexity of it and how everything went down. So, But as far as that goes, um, I play a World War II game called Battlefield, and maybe they'll add some D-Day map. They have something called the Pacific War. It's pretty cool. Oh, really? What's So kind of give me a little bit of rundown on that well you um you land on this map it's like in the pacific japan versus america that kind of thing they have other stuff you can do but specifically the pacific wars on the beaches and islands and stuff um you went to iwo jima one time and fight and it's pretty cool i've been to the, the world war Two museum they have one uh there in new orleans which is it's I mean, I was there for probably three hours, and it's just amazing the amount of artifacts they have. And uh, I think World War Two is is if you not and here's the thing, it's one of those uh, at least in my lifetime was always a major deal. People call them the greatest generation because they're people that are like would be the age of my grandparents who have all all uh, four of them have moved on as far as passing on and that kind of thing. And in most uh, most World War II veterans have gone or have died because yeah. they're all in their late 80s or 90s or even 100. And just kind of looking back, I think uh, just the sheer, my thoughts of it are, are, I can remember when I was 17 or 18 years old and not having to you know, really do a whole lot of anything. I mean, Gulf War One was going on, so everybody was kind of freaking out a little bit. But that was over pretty quick. But just think about you're 17 or 18 years old, and you're, you know, halfway around the world, and the world back then was a lot small, bigger, because there wasn't internet, and there wasn't cell phones, and yeah. you're, most people didn't get within 100 miles of where they were born in their entire life. And, and then there you are having to storm some beaches and take on enemy fire. I think it's just a, it's just an incredible example of how, how human beings, people can just make it through anything. And yeah, I just think it's I mean, an important deal. That's the whole thing about the lone survivor. I mean, the sheer, the sheer willpower that he had to survive is, you know, humans can really endure a lot. If you really think about, you know, what, especially military people in general go through, it's kind of crazy to think about. I think 
I'm I'm, li- I'm listening to an audio book now called The Operator, and it's about a, a Navy SEAL who uh, it's a true it's written by a Navy, the Navy SEAL who supposedly shot Osama bin Laden, and there's a lot of things he says in the book I find interesting that because you kind of wonder how are these guys built differently that can go through this, and I think they are to a certain degree physically. But my biggest thing is some of the mental takeaways I'm getting from this book are things like uh, how difficult their training is and what it basically boils down to is fear and stress are self-induced. They don't really exist. Mm-hmm. I think that's a crazy concept because you always kind of feel stressed, you feel anxious. And then what he's saying is they don't exist. They don't exist in nature. It's just something that we... Uh, kind of invent within our own minds and I think that's a pretty interesting thing it just there is no stress and so most, why are you stressing the most compelling quote that I ever heard is you're your own enemy within your own mind or something like that you know your mind is always at war with yourself you know what I'm saying so if you can figure that part that. out you know you've got the key to life I agree with that because because I have a weird way of thinking I, like for instance let's say I have an opportunity to take two different jobs and I'm trying to decide on do I take this job or do I take that job or do I do this or do I do that and in my mind and this is probably the most ludicrous thing anybody's ever said out loud in my mind I'm thinking okay one of these jobs is going to lead to something great and one of them is going to lead nowhere no here's here's what I've always so I'm always thinking so you have to and, and it's I don't think that's Correct. What was you gonna say? I cut you. What, what I always say about something like that is just you just roll the dice and say fuck it, and just do it. Fuck it. I mean, what's the worst is gonna happen? I mean, seriously. Oh, what? I agree because yeah. I, mean, I always overthink everything, and I'm thinking, okay, if I do this, then there's gonna be something better. If I do the, which one's gonna lead to the better situation or where I'm gonna be? Happy. I'm always thinking one, you're gonna be happy, one, you're not, like a yin yang type deal. I don't. It doesn't work that way. I don't know why my brain works like that. I mean, the way I've been thinking the past couple months is I've been thinking more positively, but I mean, we're on a floating rock in space. I mean, the worst thing that's going to happen is we're going to die. Like, oh well. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, it's going to happen eventually anyway. So what's the worst that's going to happen? You know, you always rebound, you know? Right. That's true. I mean, there's always, yeah. That's how I look at failure. It's like everything that you fail at or don't accomplish or you don't do right it's a learning lesson you're like you know when I try to get on a diet and you eat bad you're like okay I know what I did wrong I know not to do that again or know not to eat that or you know what I'm saying well see that brings up a whole other point this guy was talking about he was like in everything they did in their training they failed and they were like I did everything I could do I did this I did that and what he said was people weren't really trying to be mean to them they were trying to put them in a situation where they weren't going to win. They were going to make mistakes. Could they move on from yeah, those mistakes? That's the thing about a loss in you know football, it's like or losing a game in football. You know, a lot of teams will be winning, they'll be playing good, but then the second they start losing, they just completely fall apart. Yeah, they, they, they let one loss create a lot of losses, and when people are like that too, they just can't get over a mistake and I'm, I'm very guilty of that from time to time instead of just moving on I gotta just beat myself up a little bit or a lot and then just you know that kind of thing so I think it was just interesting that just learning that and because I'm really gonna try to focus more on thinking hey I, 
there's no need in being stressed because I'm causing the stress. I just have to you you deal with what you deal with, and you just kind of move on and and try to do better or see better results. That's kind of the way I'm trying to, or I'm going to resolve myself to try to start thinking more. You know. Well, here's the problem. I mean, the only nine times out of ten, the only person that's worried about that mistake you did is you. Yeah, I, I remember one time when I was interning to, to be a teacher, I was trying to teach a lesson and it was crazy and nothing was going right. And I remember the person that I was interning with walked up to me and he had been a teacher for a while and he said, look around the room. He said, I'm not uh, stressing. I'm not worried about the lesson. The kids aren't stressing. He said, the only person in here that's stressing about this lesson is you. Nothing has to be perfect. Nothing has to be, you just do the best you can and roll with your punches and and try to learn from from mistakes or whatever. That's all we can do. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode uh, about 36 minutes in. Nice. About time to go home and get a shower and stuff and get ready for work tomorrow. Thank you guys. I just fucked up. Thank everyone so much for tuning in. Um, We'll see you on the next episode next Tuesday. Peace out. Peace out.